If you have your Bible this morning and you want to share the reading of God's Word with me, uh, I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of St. Luke. St. Luke chapter 1, verse number 57. At Christmas time, we always key in on Gabriel and him showing up and speaking to Mary, and, and rightly so, we focus on the birth of Jesus. But this particular story that we're going to talk about this morning, or this particular narrative that we're going to talk about this morning, is actually the prelude to Christ. And so if, you, if you've turned there, Luke chapter 1, verse number 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy unto her upon her. And they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias. I want you to understand this morning, I'm going to uh, use the name Zacharias and Zachariah as one and the same. Zacharias is simply the Greek translation of the word Zachariah. So they came to call him Zacharias or Zacharias or Zachariah after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by that name. And they made signs to the father because at this time, if you know the story, he could not speak. I uh, thought about ministering a message entitled, The Man That God Left Speechless. <laughs> that was Zechariah. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, his name is John. And they all marveled. And his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. And fear came upon all that dwelt round about them. And all these things were noised abroad throughout the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard it them laid them up in their hearts saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was upon him. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. And I ask that you would just bow your heads and we will pray together. And ask the Lord for his help to deliver the word of the Lord. Father, we are, we are grateful this morning that we have the opportunity to be here in the house of God. We are thankful this morning, Lord, for the gracious presence of the Holy Spirit that we have sensed and that we have felt as we have worshiped and as we have sang and praised your name in song. We come to the reading of your word this morning. And Lord, I would ask that you would just bless the reading of your word and bless it to the hearts that hear. And I would pray, God, that you would make me an able minister of the word of the living God. That you would put your word in my mind, in my heart, and in my mouth. That you would ordain that I speak as an instrument in your hand. Let the words that I speak come forth with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and cause them to find lodging and a lodging place in our ear and in our spirit. Help us to grow. Help us to be encouraged by the word. Let Jesus be exalted. Let people be edified. And for all of these things, Lord, we will give you the praise and we will give you the glory for them. And we ask them in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, our Savior. And everyone in agreement said amen. amen. 
So this morning, I want to title the message that the Lord has put on my heart, What's in a Name? What's in a Name? Have you ever looked up the meaning of your name? Be honest. We've got some that have. To us, the idea of knowing what our name is is really nothing more than a novelty and not a necessity. In our North American culture or in our North American uh, society, we find ourselves naming our children names that appeal to our ear. Sometimes we name our children after a family member or a distant relative as a way to honor them and as a way to memorialize them. And sometimes we reject or we dislike a name simply because we knew somebody that had that name and we didn't like them. Hello? How many will be honest? So this past week I did some research for my message, and as I was doing my research, I looked up the meaning of the name Gary. Gary used to be a very popular name. According to some sources, the name Gary is rooted in the German language, and it means a spear carrier. I've never carried a spear in my life, but evidently I was meant to. The name Gary was mostly unknown in our culture until the, uh, the, the 1920s, and there was a movie star by the name of Gary Koopas that came to prominence, or Gary Cooper, that came to prominence. When I say Gary Koopas, that was what my uncle always called me, Gary Koopas. I don't know why. But Gary Cooper became a major film star, and then after he kind of rose to prominence, thousands of little boys all over the United States were named Gary. Gary Cooper is no longer a film star, and the name Gary is no longer popular. So what I'm saying, my point is this morning, is we, we tend to name our children after uh, whatever is current or whatever is popular, and we give our children's names without giving little uh, or no thought at all to the meaning or the origin of the name. I remember when my wife and I were expecting our first child, and I knew in my heart, I knew it was a boy. And we we're trying to decide names and trying to think of, you know, names. And I said, I like the name Houston. No, and she said, what? Houston? I said, yeah, sounds Western, sounds rugged. I like the name Houston. She said, they'll call him Huey. I said, they'll only do it once in my presence. <laughs> I said, we'll call him Hawes. And at that time when we were pregnant with Houston, and there was a song that was really popular on the radio by Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin brothers called Houston means I'm one day closer to you. And every time that song would come on the radio, I'd say, no, Houston means it's a boy. <laughs> and we did name him Houston and we do call him Haas. But my point again this morning is we name our children names that uh, that sound good to us. We don't give any thought to their meaning or the origin of the name. We just, we pick what we like. That's our culture. It has been our culture. But that is not so in the Jewish culture. In the Jewish culture, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we encounter a very different scenario. The culture of the Jewish nation was to name, uh, uh, name their children. It had incredible importance. In their culture, a name spoke something more than just to identify them. It literally said something about who you were or what your God was like, or how you were expected to live, or something about your destiny. It meant something. We can see in the scripture that there were times that God literally changed the name of individuals to define who they were, amen, and to define who they would become. Abram is a prime example. Abram means exalted father. 
But if you read in the book of Genesis chapter 15, God made Abram a promise. And he said, I'm going to give you a son. And through that son, through that seed, he said, your, your, uh, your progenitory or those that follow after you are going to be numbered like the sands of the sea and the stars of heaven. And he said, from this moment forward, you're not going to be Abram anymore. But you're going to be called Abraham. Abram means exalted father. Abraham means a father of many nations. In other words, God literally changed his name to more define who he would become. His new name coincided with his destiny. When Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord, Amen. You remember the story? The Bible said that Jacob was left alone with the angel of God and they wrestled until the day break and the angel said, let me go for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And God did indeed bless him that day. Amen. And God said something about who he would become and in doing so, he changed his name. He said, you will no longer be called Jacob, which means a deceiver, but you will be called Israel, which means you are a prince with God. Amen. God changed his name to further define his destiny and his purpose and who he would become. And I suggest to you this morning that we are not out of line when we consider our text and ask the question, what's in a name? What's in a name? And with that thought in your mind this morning, I want to look at the characters of our text and define their names. Because the names of those that are here in our text not only reveal something about them and something uh, uh, to us, but it reveals something to us about who God is and who our God is. It reveals the character of our God. With that, let's go over the, the story. It begins in verse number five of that first chapter of the book of Luke. If you still have your Bible open, if you were to begin reading in the fifth verse, the Bible says there was in the days of Herod, king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias or Zechariah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all of the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now old and stricken in years. The first individual that I want to look at this morning is the name Zechariah. The first individual I want to discuss this morning is I want to look at Zechariah and I want you to note this morning the meaning of his name. Zechariah means Jehovah will remember. Jehovah will remember. The text tells us that Zechariah is now an old man and he and his wife are stricken in years. Amen. And for years, no doubt, they had prayed that God would bless their household with a child and yet no child had been born. We are told what kind of man Zechariah was because the scripture tells us that he was a blame man walking in all of the ways of the Lord that he was a man that had been and was currently serving in the temple of God we are told that he was a man that had kept the commandments and the ordinances of God and we are told that he was a man that had served God faithfully and yet there is no answer to his prayer but 
Jehovah is about to remember. Jehovah is about to remember. Zechariah's name means Jehovah will remember. Think of this man who had faithfully served the Lord and, and lived for God and walked in the commandments of the Lord. And he had prayed, God, give me a child. Give our household a, a child. And for years, no answer. No answer. And now he and his wife are bold up in age. He meant, and there is no chance for them to have a child. But Jehovah is about to blow his mind. Jehovah is about to remember, amen, the prayers that he had prayed. Amen, the Bible tells us that it had came to a day when it had fallen to Zechariah to burn incense upon the golden altar. And he would be the chosen vessel to enter in to the holy place with fire from the brazen altar and with the censer of spices and that he would go into the holy place and offer the, the, the incense unto the Lord. The burning of the incense was a picture of the prayers and the praises of the people of Israel. When they would gather, amen, they would come together in that place and he would offer the, amen, the incense upon the fire and the smoke and a sweet smelling aroma would begin to rise up and the people would see that smoke and to them it was a picture of their prayers and their praises ascending up into the heavens amen into the nostrils of their God in my mind I can see Zechariah he has been the chosen instrument to go in and offer the, the incense and offer the prayer for the people I can see him as he enters into the holy place to offer the incense before the Lord and it would be a simple act of worship it would be a simple act of worship. He would enter the temple and he would offer the incense. And as the smoke ascends, history records that he would declare a prayer. And history records that that prayer would go something like this. Remember thy people, O Lord. Remember great Jehovah. Remember your people. Remember your promise. Remember your loving kindness. And remember Remember your tender mercies toward your people. Keep in mind that his name means Jehovah will remember. And here he is before the altar of God praying, Remember, O Lord, your promise. Remember thy people. At this point, Zechariah is all alone. Amen. He says, remember, oh God, your promise. Remember, oh God, your people. Remember, oh God, your loving kindness. And his name means Jehovah will remember. I came to tell you this morning that God is not slack concerning his promises to usward. I came to tell you this morning that God will not forget you in your time of trouble. I came to tell you this morning uh, that God will not forget you uh, in your time of need. Uh, God will not forget you uh, in your time of hardship. Uh, but hey, God will remember his people. Mm. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 23 says that we should hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful who promised. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 10 the Bible tells us that God is not unrighteous to forget. In other words, God will not forget our work and our labor of love which we have showed toward his name Isaiah chapter 59 and verse number 15 the Bible says can a woman forget her nursing child will she have no compassion on the child of her womb and God says through that prophet a mother may forget but I will not forget you I have you engraved on the 
palm of my hand. I came to tell somebody today, you may be going through a hard place. You may be going through a hard time, but God will not forget you. And he knows where you are. And he knows what you have need of. He will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. Isaiah chapter 43, beginning with the first verse, God says to us, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with thee. And when you pass through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when you walk through the midst of the fire, thou shalt not be burnt neither shall a flame kindle upon thee he said for I am the Lord thy God I am the Holy One of Israel I come to tell you this morning that God will not forget his people be of good cheer this morning Jehovah will remember Jehovah will remember he is the shade upon your right hand I don't know about you, but I love that verse. He is the shade upon our right hand. Psalms 121, verse number five said, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from evil, and he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forward. Even forevermore, beloved, God will not forget where you are, who you are, and to whom you belong. Amen, amen, amen. Jehovah will remember. I can see in my mind Zechariah as he slips through that curtain into the holy place, dark but only lit by the golden candlestick, a glimmer of light. Inside that tent, he is alone. No man was allowed to go in to the holy place when the priest was offering the incense. He is alone. Alone he enters. Alone he approaches the altar. Alone he spreads out the incense, and alone he waited as the kindled or as the incense kindled upon the coals of the of the fire, and the smoke began to ascend, and Zechariah began to pray, Oh God, great Jehovah, remember your people and remember your promise and remember your tender mercies and remember your kindness. And suddenly he was not. No longer alone. The Bible says over on the right hand of the altar stands an angel of God. The second character that I want to talk about. The second name that I want to talk about. Gabriel means God is my strength. God is my strength. The Bible continues in the 11th verse that there appeared unto Zechariah an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias or Zechariah saw him, the scripture said that he was troubled and fear fell upon him. The angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias or Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. Thy prayer is heard. How many of you know Zechariah had long since given up praying for a baby in the house? Listen what the angel says to him. Zechariah must have been thinking, My prayer to have you remember your people? Have you remember your promise? God said, no, your prayer is heard. Jehovah will remember. I remember all of those prayers that you have already prayed about a child being born. 
Amen. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Sometimes when we pray and we don't see the answer come like we think uh, we should see the answer come, it doesn't mean that God will not remember and it doesn't mean that God will not move. Uh, amen. I came to tell you God does everything. Uh, amen. In perfect order. Mm. The angel said to him, thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean now that I'm old? Now that I'm an old man and she has passed menopause? Hello? What are you talking about? God going to give me a son. Amen. God says you can't do it in your strength, but I am Jehovah, your strength. Gabriel is sent to tell him, you're going to have a baby. Amen. And this is what Gabriel says, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Amen. And he'll be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall turn, amen, to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him, him who, him the Messiah, him Yahshua, him Jesus Christ, he'll be the forerunner of the coming Messiah. Oh, hallelujah. Why are you so excited, Pastor Gary? Amen. Can I just tell you this morning that they wanted a child. God waited till it was impossible. And then God said, but this child is not just going to be an ordinary child. This child has going to have special purpose and special destiny and special meaning. He's going to come before my son preparing, make ye the way of the Lord. Yes. Mm. Amen. He'll come Amen. in the power and in the spirit of Elijah. And turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people who are prepared for the Lord. Amen. I want you to notice what that 13th verse says. The angel says, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And your wife is going to conceive and bear a son. And they will call his name John. And we'll get to John in just a minute. But I want you to understand this morning that there's more, amen, meaning than in just a name. That it goes a little deeper than just something that fancies the ear. The last time that Gabriel has appeared in scripture was about 600 years earlier. Here Gabriel, the angel of God, stands in the presence of Zechariah. Zechariah is filled with fear and trepidation and the angel says, fear not. The last time that Gabriel had revealed himself to anyone was a man by the name of Daniel who was in Babylonian exile all the way back about 600 years earlier. Amen. All the way back in Daniel chapter 9. When Gabriel stood in the presence of Daniel. And from that point forward, Gabriel had not been seen. How strange it must have seemed for Zechariah that he should be in the presence of an angel. As a matter of fact, the last words that God had spoken to his people was about 400 years earlier. Amen. By the prophet Malachi. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is what is called theologically 400 years of silence. 400 years when there was not a prophetic word. A 400 year period when God did not speak. And now, all of a sudden, Jehovah remembers. Amen. And he decides to show up to tell Zechariah, I am your strength. Amen. 
God sends Gabriel to tell him that you will call his name John. The angel had come to inform Zechariah that his prayers had been heard and that his wife would now bear him a son in his old age. And that son, amen, would be the immediate forerunner of the promised Messiah. And no doubt Zechariah was thinking to himself, now in my old age, and Zechariah said to him, how will I? know it how will I know that these things shall be and Gabriel said to him well here's how we're going to work this because of your unbelief you will not be able to speak until the child is born and Zachariah couldn't speak another word for nine months my wife talks a lot, but I think I'd get lonely after nine months. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe once in a while, just, I'm getting in trouble now. Well, she said earlier, it took her a while to trust me, so I'm just, I'm just getting even. <laughs> Zachariah says, how will I know it? I'm old. I'm old and stricken in years, and my wife, she's not going to have a baby. How will I know it? The angel said, you won't be able to speak from now until the time the baby is born. Amen. Think about it for a moment. Here stands Gabriel, whose name is God, is our strength. I came to tell somebody this morning that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we may face impossibilities and we may face hardships and we may face circumstances, but I'm here to tell you when God is on your side, amen, you are more than a conqueror. Mm. Amen. Let me remind you this morning that God is our strength. And let me remind you this morning that with God, all things are possible. It may not be able to happen by our might or by our power, but it is not by our might and it is not by our power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And beloved, when God gives you the ability, you can run through a troop and leap over a wall and be a conqueror in the name of Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord told Abraham all the way back in the book of Genesis when the angel showed up to Abraham and said, this time next year, Sarah, your wife is going to have a baby. And Sarah in her old age and Abraham in his old age, Sarah was laughing on the other side of the tent. <laughs> and the angel said, why did Sarah laugh? And this is what, this is what the angel said. The angel of the Lord said, said is there anything too hard for God. Well, I came to tell you this morning, there is nothing impossible with our God. I came to tell you this morning that nothing is too hard for our God. Amen. And that angel told Abraham and told Sarah, according to the time of life, Sarah shall have a son. And how many of you know she did have a son? Amen. When the devil jumps up on your shoulder and begins to whisper in your ear that it's impossible, we have the assurance that Jehovah will remember. And we have the assurance that our strength is not in ourselves, but our strength is in the Lord. Our help comes from the Lord. Amen. The maker of the heavens and the earth. He is on our side this morning. And with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Amen. You can imagine what Zechariah must have looked like when he came out of that tabernacle. He was supposed to pronounce the Aaronic covenant or the Aaronic blessing on the rest of those who were gathered outside. He was supposed to say, and now may the Lord shine his face upon you. 
May the Lord be gracious unto you. And he walks out and he can't say nothing. And they're waiting and nothing comes out. What happened in there, Zechariah? What? Just send him home. He don't feel well. So we come to the third individual in our text that I want to speak about, and her name is Elizabeth. Don't you know when Zachariah showed up at the house? He'd been relieved of his duties at the temple. He goes back home to the hill country of Judea. He comes in, unable to speak. His wife looks at him and says, what in the world is wrong with you? What's the matter? Well, you're not talking to me. I can't even talk. But scripture tells us that Elizabeth did indeed conceive and her name means Jehovah is an oath. In more modern terminology, it means Jehovah is reliable. Jehovah is reliable. The only one who would have been more shocked than Zechariah must have been Elizabeth. She must have started out her young life as a young woman. She married a priest. She was of the lineage of Aaron herself. Aaron or the Levites, Aaron was the priesthood. She was a daughter of a priest. She married a priest according to their traditions and their histories. If a, a priest married a Levite or a daughter of a priest, that marriage was considered to be doubly blessed. And yet, her name, Jehovah, is reliable. And yet her life seemed, amen, it seemed to, her, her life seemed to contradict the name that had been placed upon her. No doubt when she was a younger woman, she had prayed, God, make me a mother. God, take away my barrenness. God, give me a child. And no child came. At times, her name, Jehovah is reliable, must have seemed like a bitter joke. Instead of a double blessing, everyone in society considered them cursed by God. In their culture, if you did not have children, then you were considered to be cursed or under a curse of God. Children were considered a blessing. And if you did not have children, then there must be some secret sin in your life. God's judgment must be upon you for some reason. At times, her name, Jehovah, is reliable, must have seemed like a bitter joke. When all her life she had felt like she had been cursed because she was barren. All her life, she was, she, was, she was under the impression that she was cursed by God because she could not have a child. And secondly, it was considered a curse because it automatically disqualified the parents, uh, amen, from being, uh, amen, being in the bloodline of the Messiah. And every Jewish girl wanted to have, uh, a, amen, a part in bringing forth the Messiah. She seemed as though she was doubly cursed. For years they must have prayed, God, remove the shame. God, grant us a son. Surely those prayers had stopped by now. And the two of them had resigned themselves to the autumn of life and had given up. But I came to tell you this morning that Jehovah is absolutely reliable. I came to tell you this morning, amen, that it doesn't matter how desperate the situation appears, our God can be relied upon.
Jehovah will remember. God is our strength and he is reliable. And sure enough, if you read verses chapter 23 to chapter 25, Elizabeth becomes pregnant after Zechariah's silent return. And the name which seemed to be misplaced upon her now took on its fullest meaning. Even in the face of impossibility, God is reliable. Even when it looks like there is no way, God Jehovah is reliable. Even when it seems uh, that it is an impossibility, God will make a way where there does not seem to be a way. Amen. Let me just tell you this morning, God is not limited, amen, by our ability. God is not limited, amen, by situations, but God this morning, amen, is absolutely reliable. And whatever he has promised, that will he do. Mm. Jehovah will remember. Jehovah is my strength. And Jehovah is absolutely reliable. And we come to the fourth name. The name, of course, John. The day of circumcision. Eight days after his birth. The day of his circumcision has come. There is a crowd that has gathered with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Friends, family, Neighbors, loved ones, and they all come together in this service and this ceremony has reached the point of naming the child. And the priest says, his name shall be called Zachariah after his father. And Mary, or Elizabeth says, wait a minute. Hang on a second, time out. Not so. His name shall be called John. You have a long lost uncle by the name of John? You, you don't have anybody in your family history with the name John. The woman is old. She's confused. Let's ask dad. And they turned to Zechariah and said, what, what do you say? Well, I haven't said anything for nine months. <laughs> I can't say much. But if you give me a writing tablet, they handed him a writing instrument and a writing tablet, and he writes on that tablet, his name is John. And I can almost see it in my mind when he turns it around and holds it up, and everybody looks at it. And everybody goes, John? Why John? Mother said it. Father said it. His name would be called John. And the question comes up, why John? In the confusion, they turn to Zechariah and pose to him the question. His name is John, as was given to him by the angel of the Lord, Gabriel. And immediately upon completing the task of writing, his name is John, Zachariah's tongue was loosed. And he began with a loud voice to praise and magnify God. Don't you know those people were absolutely astonished? Amen. But why the name of John? What's in a name? Surely there must be a good reason that God chose the name John rather than allowing the parents to name the child for themselves. And let me just tell you this morning that the name John means that Jehovah is gracious. Jehovah is gracious. To understand this morning why the name John, I believe that we need to go back and revisit the words of Gabriel because this is what Gabriel said about the child. He said, and many will rejoice because of his birth. His, his life, his birth shall be a sign given to the Jews of the arrival of their king. Gabriel tells them that he 
will turn people's hearts back to the Lord their God. He will walk in the power and in the spirit of Elijah. That which will proceed from him, amen, will be in the power and in the spirit of Elijah. He will precede the coming of the Lord just as Elijah preached without fear and without favor. John the Baptist, this child who would grow up to be John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, stood in the wilderness preaching, repent, amen, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It is this same John that announced that the Messiah was coming and said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It is John of whom Jesus said, no greater prophet has ever lived. It is John that comes to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. And it is John who comes to call a disobedient people back into the way of righteousness and it is John that would announce the gracious gift of the son of God who came to humanity to be the sacrifice for their sin God is gracious he is gracious he is gracious this morning He is gracious. Stop and put all of these four names together for a moment. Jehovah will remember. Jehovah remembered the desire and the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth. God is our strength, Gabriel. And God gave them the parents supernatural strength and supernatural touch to bring forth that child. God is our strength. Elizabeth named Jehovah is absolutely reliable. Amen. God was reliable in his promise to these people and he brought forth the son as he had promised. John, Jehovah is gracious. Jehovah is gracious unto us. I just want to conclude this message this morning by reminding you that we serve a God who remembers and that we serve a God who is mighty and who is our strength and we serve a God this morning that is absolutely reliable and faithful and trustworthy and we serve a God this morning who is absolutely gracious and merciful to those who need to fall upon his mercy Hmm. hallelujah what's in a name a whole lot more than you might think what's in a name God literally chose the names for these people to bring about this narrative in the scriptures for us because they reveal to us not only the character of the person in the narrative of the story, but they reveal to us the character of our God. He will not forget you. He will not forget you. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is faithful. And he is reliable. And he is so gracious. He is so gracious. He sent his son for us to receive eternal life. This Christmas... Remember that you serve a God who will remember you, who is your strength, who is powerful and reliable and gracious beyond all of our wildest imaginations. Bow your heads, please. Bow your heads, please, and let's close. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for the narrative of the story. Thank you for revealing to us that you will not forget us, that you are our strength and that you are reliable and gracious, that your grace is sufficient for every need, 
Thank you this morning, Lord, for the anointing to deliver the word. Thank you this morning, Heavenly Father, for these that have listened. I pray that you would take the words of this message to the hearts of your people and bring encouragement for us to always recognize and remember that you are our God, that you will not forget us, that you will not forget us, but Jehovah will remember that you are our strength, that we can rely upon you in our time of need, and that you are absolutely gracious. Speak to our hearts this morning, I pray, Lord, through the word, and let us rejoice in the great gift of your salvation in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. All over the building this morning, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many of you here this morning are facing a situation, a circumstance, a need? You've prayed, but there seems to be no answer. And this morning, you would be willing to lift your hand and say, Pastor Gary, the message spoke to my heart. It gave me the hope and the courage to just hold on. God sees your hands and your hands and yours and yours and yours and yours. I recognize today that I'm not forgotten. I'm engraved on the palm of his hands. I'm not deserted. He will never leave me and never forsake me. I may not have the strength, but he is my strength. He is my strength. He is reliable and he is gracious. And I will rest in that knowledge. Are you here? You lift up your hand and say, and I will rest in that comfort. I will rest in that knowledge. Amen. Hands all over the building. Let me pray with you this morning. And the horse is going to lead us. Lord, in Jesus' name, you saw every hand. Encourage those who are discouraged. Lift up the heavy hands of those that hang down. For a spirit of heaviness replaced it with a, with a spirit of joy. Let the peace of God and the, the, the presence of God graciously reign in every heart. Work out details and situations and circumstances for the good of your people. Our responsibility is to hold on to you. Like Zechariah, faithfully serve. Faithfully attend to the things that we know are right in the sight of the Lord. And God, we put our trust and we anchor our trust in you this morning. As we leave this place today, let us go rejoicing in the mighty and wonderful name of your son. Bring us together at another time, Lord, should you tarry to once again honor you with praise and glorify your name and to testify to one another of your goodness. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus and everyone said amen.